as I was saying before, <clears throat> as a church, we try to use the fifth Sunday of a month for communion, which that occurs about four times a year. It's an important event for us as a body of believers, and so we're going to take advantage of that today. But before we do, let me kind of work into that a little bit. Why do we celebrate Christmas? It's to remember an important event, isn't it? The coming of the Christ child. Actually, it's to remember that God kept his promise to send a ruler whose kingdom would last forever. And there's a lot of things that we do that with. And there's, I think there's about three reasons we do that. One, it helps us to understand that something significant happens. And we want to remember it because it's important to us. And we usually want to share it with the next generation. Well, there was an event in the Old Testament that leads us to the Lord's Supper. So I want to take a look at that. It's called the Passover. Now, if you'll think back with me on the history of Israel, of what led up to the first Passover. Remember Abraham? And God had made a covenant with Abraham. And he made that covenant. And he promised Abraham that he would bless the generations through him and through his descendants. And he also promised him a little parcel of land over in the Middle East. And so that covenant was made with Abraham. And as Abraham died, it got passed on to his son Isaac. And then when Isaac died, it got passed on to his son Jacob. In the course of time, God changed Jacob's name to Israel. So Jacob, or Israel, had 12 sons. And one of those 12 sons' name was Joseph. Now, if you remember the story correctly, Joseph was basically sold to some merchants by his brothers, and they took him to Egypt. So Joseph winds up in Egypt, not by his own idea, but he winds up in Egypt, and because of God's favor on him, he rises in prominence. He's very successful because God showed favor on him. So favorable that he became second in command because God allowed him to be able to interpret the dream of the Pharaoh or the king of Egypt. And because he was able to do that, they were able to save up for this famine that was coming. Well, for seven years, they had great abundance. They stored it away under Joseph's leadership. And then this famine for seven years was about to hit. During that seven years of famine, Joseph's family, who was still over in the land of promise, was starting to run out of food. And so Joseph, through a series of events, had his family move from the land of promise to Egypt so that they could be fed. Well, over time, the king of Egypt died. Joseph died. His brothers died, but they started to multiply. They started to have kids upon kids upon kids. And they started to grow vast in number. The Egyptians didn't like it, so what did they do? They enslaved them. They used them for their laborers and would not let them leave. So they basically helped build the great cities. So they were enslaved there. Well, you can't stand that for very long. And they couldn't. And so they cried out, we want our freedom. We want to be able to go back to our land of promise. We don't like this situation. 
God heard their cry, and God raised up a man by the name of Moses. And with the leadership of Moses, God sent basically judgment on Egypt through ten plagues. These plagues were irritating at the least, devastating at the most. Frogs, flies, locusts, death to livestock, darkness. There was, there was nine horrendous plagues. But the king of Egypt, Pharaoh, wouldn't let them go. So God decided, I've got one more plague to bring judgment onto Egypt and let my people go. And that's where we come up to the Passover. They were supposed to take the blood of a lamb without defect, and they would kill that lamb, and they would take the blood, and they would put it over the doorposts of their house. Now, the Israelites knew to do this. The Egyptians didn't want to have any part of it because it wasn't their God. They served all these other gods that were being defeated by the one true God. So that's what the Israelites did. They killed the lamb. They spread it over the doorposts. And when death came that night, death passed over those Israelite families because they had the blood of the lamb over the doorpost. That was a significant event. That was something that was important to those people that were there in bondage. And it's something they wanted to be sure and teach the generations to come. So let's look at Exodus. I don't have it up on the screen, so if you didn't bring your Bible or don't want to look it up, I will be glad to read to you this morning. Exodus chapter 12. And I'm going to read two different sections out of Exodus 12. Exodus 12, 11 through 14. Exodus 12, 11 through 14. So this is how you are to eat it, with your cloak tucked into your belt. This is the night that the death was supposed to come, okay? And he had given them all these instructions. This is how you are to eat it, with your cloak tucked into your belt, your sandals on your feet, and your staff in your hand. Eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. On that same night, I will pass through Egypt and strike down every firstborn of both people and animals. And I will bring judgment on all the gods of Egypt. I am the Lord. The blood will be a sign for you on the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. No destructive plague will touch you when I strike Egypt. This is a day you are to commemorate. For the generations to come, you shall celebrate it as a festival to the Lord. A lasting ordinance. The Passover was to be remembered. Now let's look at verse 24 through 28. Same chapter, Exodus chapter 12, verses 24 through 28. So he said, Obey these instructions as a lasting ordinance for you and your descendants. When you enter the land that the Lord will give you as he promised, observe this ceremony. And when your children ask you, What does this ceremony mean to you? Then tell them, it is the Passover sacrifice to the Lord who passed over the houses of the Israelites in Egypt and spared our homes when he struck down the Egyptians. Then the people bowed down and worshipped and the Israelites did just what the Lord commanded Moses and Aaron. 
That was a significant event for them. And they were going to remember it. And not just remember how important it was to them, but they were going to teach it to the generations to come because it was that important. So as they celebrated Passover, I started thinking about some of the things that they probably should remember about it. As they celebrated Passover, the Israelites should have remembered that they resided once in a foreign land. They should also remember that they were held in bondage by the Egyptians. They should also remember that only God could free them from that bondage. They should remember that they cried out for help. They should remember that God brought judgment on Egypt and their false gods. They should remember that to free them required the shedding of blood. They should remember that a male lamb without defect would need to be killed. They should remember that the blood of that lamb would have to be applied to the doorposts of their homes. They should remember that God would spare those who were identified by the blood of the lamb. And they should remember that God brought freedom to those in bondage. That's a great picture, isn't it? What's interesting, because when Jesus came, he did something really cool. He took Passover and supercharged it. He did something so amazing that the Passover, as great as it was, became even more important. Because see, when Jesus came to earth, he came on a mission. And part of that mission was he came and he taught. He taught God's truth. Part of it was he came and he ministered to people. He cared about people. Part of it was he healed people and took care of them and took care of their needs. But his primary mission was to be the Lamb of God. And he would die on a cross for our sins. And because of the blood that he shed, we can have eternal life. Now, I think it's no irony that the day, the night he was to be crucified, the night before he was to be crucified, he was going to celebrate what with his disciples? Passover. Not ironic, timely in God's calendar. And as, as they were sitting down, he made it personalized because now the lamb was now who? It was Jesus. And the blood wasn't an animal lamb, it was his own. And he was basically telling them, I am the body, and I am the lamb, and I'm going to shed my blood for you. And that's exactly what he did the next day. And so they were to remember what he did. They were to remember who he was. They were to, rem to remember that they would be getting their freedom because of what Jesus did for them. So as we gather to celebrate communion this morning, let's kind of keep that in mind. In fact, I think there's a few things that we as believers should remember when we take communion. As we take communion and prepare for it, we should remember that we once resided in a foreign life away from God. 
We should also remember that we once were held in bondage by our sin. We should remember that only God can free us from our sin. We should remember that there was a time when we cried out for help. We should remember that God brought judgment on our sin. And we should remember that to free us required the shedding of blood. We should remember that Jesus, the Lamb of God, would receive the punishment of our sin by being killed. We should remember that the blood of the Lamb would have to be applied to our lives. We should remember that God will save those who are identified by the blood of the Lamb. And we should definitely remember that God brought freedom to us when we were in bondage. That's pretty cool. And Jesus said what? He said to remember him. In fact, in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, I'll give you just a second to turn there if you'd like. If you'd rather me read to you, that's cool too. I don't mind doing that. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 23 through 26. First Corinthians eleven, twenty three through twenty six. For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. We're going to be celebrating communion or the Lord's Supper this morning. A couple of things to keep in mind. One, we at our church, we practice open communion which means you do not have to be a member of our church to take communion with us. We welcome you. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ, if you belong somewhere else or you're a visitor, we welcome you to share in that celebration with us. But also, if you're not a believer, we ask that you refrain from taking it because you do not have that to celebrate yet. Yet. We pray that you will at some point. In fact... I think I'd be a little remiss if I didn't say, if you're someone this morning who has kind of struggled with that whole idea of accepting Christ, and you struggle with it, and you're still struggling with it, God will get your attention, because he wants you to be covered by the blood he shed. If there's anybody here this morning that needs to make that decision, we'll give you a few minutes. We're family. We're very patient. We'll even pray with you. If there's anybody that's been struggling with that, then that'd be great. It's a great day to accept Christ. If not, that's okay too.
If you're here and you're not a believer yet, I pray that you will be. And that then you will be able to celebrate communion with us. I asked Michael Campbell to put together a video for me. Because I think it's kind of important that we remember things. Especially things of significance and of importance. And he put together one, it's an older song, and you may have seen some clips of the thing, whatever. Um, I love how he put it together, but the, the goal of it is that we remember, as we get ready to take communion, Jesus. Because he said, do this in remembrance of me. Do this in remembrance of me. I want us to remember who he was, what he did for us. And how it changed us forever. So let's pray. Lord Jesus, you have done a lot for us. And I know throughout history it's been important for your people to remember what you've done. Even in the Old Testament where we see the Passover. You told them to commemorate it, to remember it. To remember how significant and how important it was. But also to pass it on to the next generation. And you continue that throughout the New Testament, even more so, because not did we just was a lamb slain, but it was your lamb, the lamb of God, the only one, and applied the blood onto our lives. Lord, we thank you for that. We remember what you've done. Lord, we remember you. As we take communion, Lord, we remember who you are and what you've done for us. And it's things we couldn't do for ourselves. So I just pray that you'll bless our time this morning as we share in the Lord's Supper. As we remember you and what you've done. For it's in Jesus' name. Amen.